This episode of The Patch is brought to you by Hulu Plus. Watch your favorite shows anytime, anywhere with Hulu Plus. On your TV or on the go with your smartphone or tablet. Shows like Family Guy, Once Upon a Time, New Girl, Scandal, and more. Right now you can try Hulu Plus free for two weeks when you go to HuluPlus.com slash patch. Welcome to the patch. Hi. Fresh off the heels of our last episode, which was 60 minutes on the dot. I we're going to be a lot more diligent. That, anything else about that episode but that on Twitter. That's what all anyone would tell me is, hey, Bernie, you're on the patch, and it would last exactly 60 exactly minutes. Exactly, uh-huh. on the dot. Congratulations, Gus. 60-minute patch. Excellent. <laughs> Gus how wins. You, how do you like having that reputation? As That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> it just like plays into my persona as a dictator and like a totalitarian <laughs> who follows the rules yeah, to the team. chrono-orgasm. I'd always been upset. That the previous episodes would normally go sixty-one, so uh, that was ha- I was happy to get it back at right. Stick it right in your 60. craw. Yeah. If you go and look at iTunes and the delivery of the episodes when you see it by episode, it's like literally everything's within a minute of an end time, except for the one episode you weren't on. It's like a minute, uh, an hour fourteen. <laughs> I've missed two episodes, and I think both of them were like an hour ten, an hour fourteen, <laughs> yeah. somewhere in that somewhere in that area. We're, we're just not. We're just not. Concise. No one here to stop. That's us. all it boils down to. I'm gonna do that too. Yeah, my hair was like sticking out there. That's what you see yourself on the camera. You fix yourself. Hey, hey. So anyway, the patch here to hey. talk about video game news, not about my stupid. Yeah, you want to stroke your hair some more? And then uh, we're good? Okay. I think I'm going to lead with my favorite story of the week, which just broke today. Noriega suing <laughs> Activision over his uh, depiction in Black Ops 2. I didn't even know that was an option. I didn't know former dictators had rights in terms of their likeness usage. Yeah, it's well, like, I guess he didn't like the way he was, he was portrayed in history. He's uh, a dictator. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think anybody would self-describe themselves as a dictator except for Gus when he talks about the patch. <laughs> and I don't, I mean, do you, does that kind of go out the window? I mean, does, does a dictator not have rights over their own image and the way they're portrayed? I don't think it. I don't think it says that you can't libel someone unless they're an asshole. Have you ever heard of a good <laughs> dictator? He, he, the quote is that uh, the lawsuit claims that he is portrayed as a quote kidnapper, murderer, and enemy of the state. Well, I guess to be Which fair, I think you all, can't, of the, okay. all of those things might be true. Well, you can't be an enemy of the state if you are the state. I know, right? I mean, isn't so, every leader the enemy of some other state? I mean, isn't that the way that works? Yeah. I mean, like, our president would be labeled enemy of the state for other countries. Well, I think it's implied he means the United States. Here. I'm sure. Ah. Of the states. So he was, he, for those who don't remember, he was actually in prison for two decades on drug trafficking charges following the invasion of Panama. Uh, so, I mean, it's not like he's super squeaky clean. Maybe he's taking a, a play out of the Lindsay Lohan uh, playbook. So to... To disprove the fact that he's a really bad guy, he's suing a video game company. I don't know if that counts, Gavin. You kind of missed. What happened? It's the, you know, Gavin's normal. He missed last week. Well, two weeks ago, he missed. Like, he just completely whiffed. He, like, hit the back of the TV. He didn't make it a foot out of his hand. Uh, (laughs) That sounds very Gavin. He was supposed to go down a notch and instead went to uh, this uh, cool little thing that somebody gave us. Anyway, Noriega. I think Noriega. Were, you, were you talking about it? Were you making a point? Yeah, I mean, how do you prove you're not a shithead by suing a video game company that makes a beloved video game? Uh, no, I'm seriously, I'm a good guy. But uh, you guys are... F- well, they're, they're, he's just Dude, saying that they're portraying him in an unflattering light. I've been in prison for two decades. I'm suing people too. Fuck it. What, <laughs> what has he got to lose at that point? Yeah. I mean, it's one of the biggest video game franchises in history. And he's in it. He's like, yeah, I, I totally get it. And does he not have rights... Either as a former dictator, if that is, is or that actually even, a classification? Even the fact that they used his likeness, right? Right. I mean, He's the, like, still should a he get some kind of residual, yeah. or you know, get paid for the use of his character? I like, mean, if, if there was a video game. And like all of a sudden you're playing and there's Gus uh-huh. and he's running a podcast. Like what the fuck? That's me, you know. If it's me, 
I'd sue, I'd sue a bitch. Yeah, well, there's that weird, like, level of fair use that has to do with, like, political figures. Sure. Because then public, it becomes... Public figures, in a way. Yeah, all you have to do is, is say it's satire, and then you're good. Absolutely. Like a good is example... Is that what it says? Like, you open the legal book, say it's satire, and you're, you're good. all good, yeah. That's <laughs> day one of law school. The, I quote the precedent of say it's satire. Well, if you look at, like, uh, it goes back to movies, which, you know, video games and movies, you can draw a lot of correlations between legality there. But, like, I was just recently watching the movie Contact, and Bill Clinton is used in the movie because he was present. Extensively, yeah. Yeah, and they, like, digitally superimposed him in scenes with Jodie Foster and Tom Skerritt. And, uh, yeah, they could use him that. And there's actually something going on right now in traditional media and film where Seth Rogen and James Franco are in a movie called The Interview where the goal of the characters in the movie is to assassinate Kim Jong-un, the, the leader of North Korea. And North Korea's like, you guys are making a movie about assassinating a head of state. That's <laughs> It's not cool to do that. It's And they, I gotta they made, say... They, they made a video about nuking New York. Who are they to talk? Listen, I gotta say, if somebody else made a movie about assassinating our president, I'm speaking very hypothetically here, NSA, if someone did that, we would all have a major problem with that. Yeah, would we not? I'm sure that movie's been made We've in made North Korea. Movie. We've made it in the in the U.S. There've been movies where this president's gotten assassinated. What was the, the Olympus Down or whatever? He didn't get assassinated, but he got really messed up. He was attacked. Where, where yeah. the goal is to assassinate, but it's not a comedy about assassinating the president. It's not the goal of the protagonist to assassinate. Them. You, it is a plot where there's a villain. I think it's a little bit of a different setup. Do you there. really not see a, a day where Hollywood will make that movie already? I totally could see it. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm sure there are actual, you know, funded they films, made... independent films about assassinating the president. Where, where was the last uh, Harold and Kumar movie? They smoked weed with President Bush. All <laughs> oh, right, right. <laughs> Committing a crime. But I do, I, I t listen, I totally get the objections. I don't want to side. <laughs> I'm really taking a really devil's advocate side here of siding with the leader of North Korea and the former leader of Panama. Would I say I totally get it? Don't, I mean, they're still people. They are still people. Once you get deported day. from the U.S., you're gonna have friends in high places. Yeah. It's like, well, remember, you stuck up for us in that podcast. I'll be great. I'll be great. I actually know people that were involved with the operation when they went and got Noriega. Oh, really? Yeah. I was. I worked with a guy at our, at our old tech support center. Really? Yeah. It was really funny. Like, like there was been a while since the U.S. had had an active military operation. And so we talked about like some of the stuff that went on, like they came under friendly fire. Uh, one of the guys when they were running up a staircase shot his the helmet off the guy in front of him because he accidentally pulled the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> so not, not it's like Army 101. Yeah, yeah, and uh, like getting like pulled out of jeeps and stuff like that by citizens and things like that. Like really scary stuff. Mm -hmm. But back to the point: if someone is used in a video game, I mean, I I don't know where you draw the line. I mean, they are a public figure. They are a he is a convicted felon, I believe, if he spent 20 years in jail. I don't know the exact crime he was charged with, but he did spend 20 Drug years in jail. Drug trafficking. So does his, do his rights go out the window at that point in time? Don't forget, before Lindsay Lohan sued, there was uh, a lawsuit against Rockstar from the daughter of a mobster, alleged mobster, uh, and her story, her story was put into Grand Theft Auto V, where she was buried alive, and it was one of those random side missions that you pick up as you just drive around. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And she sued because it was used from her story in real life, where she was buried alive and then got out. Oh, I remember that mission. Yeah, it was an it, easy mission. Look, I think the mob just need to get more creative. Like all the ways that they normally kill people have been kind of laid out there in movies, and so they're going to get used. Allegedly. They need to come up with new stuff. Allegedly, <laughs> <laughs> this need to innovate. That's probably it's like copyright, you know. If so, if uh, like Xerox, they lost their trademark because everybody was using Xerox as a standard name for uh, how to copy things, right? Mm. Did they? Yeah. Did they lose the trademark? To that? I think so. Yeah. Yes. Really? 
Meg is saying yes. Yeah. Off-screen confirmation. Yeah, if Listen, you're... If we you, need fact-checkers. So if it comes, becomes synonymous with just the act of doing it, if that becomes a verb, then you can't... Does Xerox even make Xerox it. machines anymore? Uh, or good photocopiers? <laughs> you know, a lot of stuff came out of Xerox Labs. Like, Ethernet came out of Xerox yeah. Labs. And it's just yeah. like, like, oh, we'll just give that, <laughs> give that away. user interface. Yeah. I think didn't they invo- yeah. invent Token Ring the as mouse. well? One of the early protocols uh, for... I thought- Token Ring was IBM. Might, might could be. be wrong. But a lot of these things for a lot of these labs, like they didn't realize what they were inventing while their main product was selling. Mm-hmm. And these were major technologies that we use today that would be worth a lot of money. Yeah, people I'm, would have endless lawsuits over. Yeah. Let's, uh, maybe they will. Maybe Call of Duty will focus a game on Ethernet technology. <laughs> as no, no, they gave that away. That's, really, that's out there, man. You can't take that back. <laughs> Xerox can still make money for it. What's the chances that Noriega is now the enemy in the next three Call of Duty, Call of Duty, Call of Duty games? <laughs> uh, no, I'm no, go Patrick Harris is going to say I like Call of Duty. We'll go with that. It would kind of suck to be playing a video game and realize, oh, I'm the villain. I'm like literally the worst person <laughs> in this game that 12 million people are playing right now. That would be kind of a bummer. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> would it be? Yeah, it'd be like, nice. Do you, do you think like a dude like Noriega has like a feeling of like, yeah, I'm a really bad dude. Like I'm like I'm like one of the worst people on the planet. He's got to have a, a positive self-image, right? I mean, what else has he got left? I'm sure there's people way worse than Noriega. Yeah, I'm sure. Like yeah. co- like Coney or something like that. You know right. what I mean? Like, could he have a lawsuit? It might be interesting but, to make video games to draw these right, people out. Right, that's what I was going to say, to get them out of hiding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait till he shows up in court to sue, and then we'll get them. <laughs> yeah. oh, man. So, um, I'm going to move on here. Yeah. Uh, I read uh, earlier today also that The Last of Us Remastered, which comes out later this month uh, on the PS4, has an option to lock the frame rate to 30 frames a second. I yeah. read that. I would totally do it. Which seems like a... Why? Why? Yeah. What... what, op- what what? I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people where it's like, um, the best way I could describe it, my parents, they got a high-def TV during the high-def revolution, and I went down to their house in Houston. I looked, and I go, what are you doing? I go, this is it was a big projection TV, and it looked like garbage, and they were watching the standard-def channels. And I said, here, let me show you, and I put it on high-def for them, and they were like, I don't like that. I hate that. And I'm like, it's just a higher-resolution image. And they go, yeah, it looks weird. Turn it back. So <laughs> they would watch standard-def. They wouldn't watch high-def. And with higher frame rates, I'm just one of those people, like, it just bothers me. Like, motion smoothing and all that stuff, it just it just bothers me. Like, I know but it's not the same thing. I know it's not the same thing, but, like, 48-frame movies, I will always watch the 24-frame version of it. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is, isn't, like, 120 frames or anything. I think the native yeah. resolution is 1080p, 60 frames a second. Right. Which isn't that big of a difference. I, I don't know how to describe it. Like, and I can't, I, honestly, it's, it's, it's a very specific thing. I can't tell the difference between... 1080 and 720 high def it to mm. me it looks just about the same and it's like if if i can like if i'm recording on pc and i record on fraps you know for instance mm-hmm. doing capture i'll just drop it down to 720 it's a really largely dependent on the screen size for you to see that difference i would imagine so yeah. we got we got an uh, we got a tweet here from adam baird saying token ring is ibm token ring is ibm thank you very so much thank you <laughs> at gruff tech for that uh Heads up, fact Everyone's checking. helping out today on the patch. Yeah, Meg's over there saying Xerox lost their trademark. Lending a hand. Adam Baird helping us keep up to date on a dead technology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he even wrote long, let it be dead or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, may, it forever, may it forever stay dead is what he wrote. I would imagine so. Um, so I last night I was looking for a game to play. I, it's been a little while since I've been really playing something. Before we get too far away, though, you guys would all do 60 frames for Last yeah, of Us. I think so, unless I look at it and I'm playing it and I see something bizarre that bothers me but yeah absolutely i'd play it at 60 I'm, frames a second yeah I'm go out I'm, on a limb and guess that the only reason they're even providing that option is to help prevent more frame tearing 
Um, I, I doubt it has any, because 60 frames per second is pretty much a standard for PC gaming for a long time. For a very now. long time. Um, in fact, you, it, the TV refresh rate is still 60 hertz, so mm -hmm. most of the time you're looking at, well, it's 30, but it's like frame doubled. But um, So, I mean, 60, you're not going to see a big difference with 60. It's only slightly better. And I always notice it when I'm turning, like mm -hmm. in a first-person yeah. shooter, and, and, and Last of Us is like third-person, essentially, where you're over the shoulder, but... Uh, I just, that's when I notice it, and it just bothers me. And it's like James Cameron, when he talks about moving to higher frame rates for film, he hates the way 24 frames looks when it's like stutter and when you when you pan the camera the way it lurks, looks. I like that. If there's too much visual fidelity on a pan, it feels strange to me. And it's just I, I, I recognize that my opinion is obsolete, but at the same time, it's just what I personally prefer. And I'm glad they put the option in. I'm usually one of those people, it's like when you put backwards compatibility in yeah. something, uh, I'm like, that's a waste of time. You're just like servicing people for a year who want the backwards compatibility uh, while a new generation of consoles takes off. But essentially, this is backwards compatibility for my own brain, and I just I appreciate that they're doing it. Mm -hmm. So it's a, even a little bit counter to what I've said in the past, but it's just the way I feel about it. So I decided to look it up just because we're talking about it here. Apparently, The Last of Us on the PS3 was uh, ran natively at 720p and was locked at 30 frames a second. So that's the way I played it? So... Look, I'm a purist. That's all I can say. Yeah, it's the same experience. That, that, yeah, that, that backs you up. Yeah. Listen, I don't think they're going to add a feature in unless there's a difference. And people have noted that there's a difference. They went out of their way to put a feature in to lock it at 30 frames. What other console game has that? I will say YouTube has just recently updated to allow 60 frames per second as well. And mm -hmm. looking at some of the 60 frame per second videos, it is noticeable. It's, it's odd. It's more noticeable to me there than it is playing a video game running at 60 frames per second. Yep. I don't know why. Maybe it's because YouTube, because, I'm used to being significantly lower frame rate. Exactly. Like you said, 60 frames has pretty much been the standard of PC gaming, and you identify more as a PC gamer. Well, I guess the other thing is probably when it's streaming through YouTube, I don't know that you're getting that frame doubling effect, so you may be getting a legit 30 instead of 30 doubled. So you're still seeing 60. It's just one. every other frame is a the copy of the one before. Right. So AB field, that kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. Could be that maybe it's just a true 30 YouTube effect. You know, uh, Freddie Wong, when he made Video Game High School, uh, he was way ahead of the curve of that, where he had a higher frame rate for his video game footage. The, the, you know, it's all live action. Mm -hmm. But whatever he shot that was in the video game, he had to go out and get players that could play at a higher frame rate uh, for those scenes. Hmm. And he had to build that in. It was, it was a challenge for him to do that. I never thought about that. Yeah, it was really cool because most players didn't do it. Um, so he, but when he put it on like his owned and operated stuff, he wanted to make sure it could play at a higher frame rate for that. That's cool. Yeah, very cool. Uh, anyway, like I was saying, yes. I was looking for a game to play last night. Sorry, thank you. Uh, and I don't know, I've been like kind of in a drought lately. I haven't really been been finding much to play. Um, so, But I saw that Guacamelee was uh, available for like free with Games with Gold. Uh, so I played that a bit. I don't know, it's a platformer. Not, not really my cup of tea. It's got a cool art style to it. Yeah. But uh, I just read this morning that apparently Battle Block Theater is now available on Games with Gold. Right. So I don't know if that just changed last night and I, I got Guacamelee at the last minute or what If happened. you don't like platformers, <laughs> you do not want to play Battle, Blo Battle Block Theater. It's, I've played every other Behemoth game and liked them. I've just never gotten around to Battle Block Theater for some reason. It's interesting you say that because I like Behemoth as a entity. I like him as a whole, but I can't really identify as like my favorite Behemoth title. Castle Crashers, right? I, I, Castle Crashers is a game that a lot of people liked. And it was the the top of the charts of Xbox Live Arcade for an entire generation. For the entire Xbox 360, it was up at the, like, yeah. it, it wasn't the top spot, it was in the top five. It was always up there. I never really 
got into really? Castle Crashers. I never really got into it. I loved it. My kid, when he was like four, also deleted my level 99 Blue Knight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you were never into it, but you had, you had a level 99. 99 Blue Knight. I had an exploit where, you know, the cat in the river? Yeah. You could use the boomerang to like, just like trap the boomerang behind its head before they patched it. I actually went to, when we were in the Congress office, I went back to an old box that hadn't been patched. Oh, God. And like loaded, disconnected it from the network and played on there. And then got my level 99 Knight. And then, of course... Since I got it illegitimately, after it was deleted, I was like, I can't get it now. <laughs> I didn't even get it the first time. You're not going to go back so. and do all that work you didn't do the first time. Yeah. What night did you play? I, like I, green. I didn't play. Green. You never played? I've never played Castle, Cra Castle Crashers. You no. have Gus disease this I week. I do. Something wrong with my tongue. Uh, yeah, I've never played it. Really? Yeah. I, I, and do you like Battle Block? Because I know you guys have played that a ton in Achievement Hunter. They played it. I haven't played that one either. You have never been in one of those Let's Plays? Mm-mm. Oh, that's too bad. I mean, it Sorry seems like Taylor made for. Yeah, I'm, I'm Gavin's sad, great sad. in those. Is he? <laughs> We're back, bitches, and then immediately jumped off. No, that's that, a, that was Cloudberry Kingdom. Was it? Oh, oh yeah, that, that was yeah. that was Cloudberry Kingdom. I am thinking, I am thinking about that. I uh -huh. think Cloudberry Kingdom. I, I was for that those was, let's yeah, plays. That was completely platforming. Y yeah. That was a ridiculous platform. That game is absolutely crazy. It's especially some yeah. of those later levels where. It's like the screen is filled with stuff to kill you. I think we've actually, we played a whole bunch of it in one block and it was like a year ago. And I think the last episode of that just came out. And so now we're thinking about, do we try and do some more? But we would be jumping back into the part of the game that is just nigh impossible. It'd be like one level per Let's Play. Yeah. It's like absolutely brutal and you, you've lost all your you no talent for it at all anymore. It. Oh, sh they'd see that one level for about 12 feet of it. Yeah, as long as, uh, <laughs> as long as, uh, Michael is screaming at the top of his lungs and Gavin about it. I think they would love That's to see it. That's pretty much how it usually goes. That's but, usually uh, how it goes. Uh, game of Gold usually does a refresh right around the 15th, right? They swap yeah. out one game or two. Yeah, so I guess mm -hmm. I, I got in there just in time. I normally, it's something that I normally don't take advantage of. The Games with Gold and the free games you get with PlayStation Plus, I end up missing them unless there's one that I'm really like, okay, I need to get that. Or Well, this had, you know, came out with some really, really strong titles there earlier on, right leading up to the major console releases. Mm -hmm. And then now it's just kind of tailored down to <coughs> stuff that I guess they couldn't move easily. Yeah. I missed uh, Sleeping Dogs, which I still uh -huh. haven't played. It was one of the games I wanted to get, and that was a perfect opportunity, and I just didn't do it like a big, dumb idiot. I actually picked it up and I played it for a while and I still haven't finished it. It's there's something about the driving in that game is just not that enjoyable. Just take a taxi. I can do that. <laughs> just walk. Be a non-driving citizen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love taxis in those open world games. I just like I know I reached the point in the game where I'm like, okay, I'm never gonna get a car again. I'm just gonna taxi everywhere I go. Yeah, in GTA five. Uh, I I drove for a yeah. bit and I was like, nah, no. Nah. I have to drive all the way back out to the desert again? No, I'm taking a taxi. Yeah. yeah. And then you have the option. The, skipping the taxi ride is an option. Like, you can ride in there if you want to. Who the fuck wants to ride in there? Hey, I, sometimes you want to watch. Dude, people, people love the conversational stuff that takes place in those games. I mean, I know it gets old fast. Like, um, you know, any kind of like the radio stations I know are a big deal every time GTA comes out. And they yeah. should really update that for DLC because I think people would go nuts for it. Yeah. But it's a lot of content. You remember in uh, GTA four, 3 or 4 when the Boz Rutan um, TV show that was on? That was GTA 4. I never played four, so. Oh, really? You never yeah. did with Nico? Yeah. It? Oh, there was a whole boss route in the MMA fighter. He had a whole show on the TV, and it was like people captured that and put it online. It was so <laughs> freaking funny. Interesting. It's really, it's it's brilliant. All the content they make for like <clears throat> the re the in world media or in universe media for Grand Theft Auto is really intense. I'd love to see just a behind the scenes on the production of that stuff because hmm. it's got to be a lot. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I never played four. I played. I played every other GTA. Well, except, you hate sandboxes, don't except you? For, yeah, but I've played every one of them. Every okay. GTA game. 
I, the only, the, four is the only one I haven't played. I guess I should go back and play. Four was it. a big one to miss. Yeah. I don't know. I think what happened was I got really sick the day it came out, and I start, I tried to play it, and then I just in my head I associate being really ill with trying to play GTA Four. It's like really? you get food yeah. poisoning from somewhere, yeah. and you never want to go there again. Yeah, was, that was, was like a that was like a next level game when they came out. I mean, GTA Five was great, but I mean the step from GTA Three to GTA Four was like a totally yeah. totally different world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I was sick for like two weeks. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to go back and revisit that memory. GTA did the GTA franchise in general like when i go back and look at like beloved games like when i look at like screenshots from san andreas it looks like people are playing like a vr polygon game uh -huh. it look and they're on bikes like jumping over have, skyscrapers have and you stuff. seen that video um someone you know they i guess a couple weeks ago rockstar released that trailer showing gta 5 running on current gen platforms like xbox one and ps4 someone recreated that trailer using gta san andreas yeah. Showing like how much the GTA series has evolved in ten years because San Andreas came out in two thousand four and right. the new mm -hmm. version of GTA five will be two thousand fourteen and shot for shot they tried to recreate the entire thing. It's really jarring. I bet the pre visuals for GTA five were higher fidelity than the finished product for San Andreas. Probably. Yeah. It was like blocks, polygons. You know, it was just <laughs> like oh that we, that looked great ten years ago. Ten years ago, we were like wow, so realistic, amazing. Yeah. What, a, what an immersive environment. I'd like to see like GTA 5 like like with texture pops, but like before it fills everything <laughs> in and see if that looks better than GTA San Andreas. It probably would. But uh, I was looking up here for Behemoth too because I was looking at some of their other titles and it's I, I know Alien Hominid as well. I think what it is, like, I think I'm like scarred. Like these are games that my kids love to play for like way too long. Like mm. I'm talking like, you know, four weeks in a row they wanted to play it for like two hours of Castle gotcha. Crashers and stuff like that. My younger kid, Teddy, uh, he in particular loved Castle Crashers, but he only liked like the first two levels and the, the first boss battle that's in that arena mm -hmm. and everything. And then I never got into Alien Hominid. I tried my best to get into that game, and I just I never got into it. Hmm. Have you ever played it? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, so you, you should give it a try. But I love Behemoth, and I love... Behemoth, I think, does better than just about anybody else that cute, like fun art direction, which mm -hmm. I think is critical for downloadable titles. Yeah, they, mm -hmm. at, at RTX they showed up with a life-size cupcake. I don't know what that meant. I guess it's from their next game. Mm -hmm. and it was just like this giant sculpted cupcake that you could like take pictures with. And my kids love that. Like, they love that, that cupcake. It, and it's just amazing. It just like you said, it nails that style. It's like mm -hmm. super cute and just like it really conveys the type of title that they're working on. And then RTX they had uh, they had cabinets set up mm -hmm. with they were playing uh, Battle Block and they were I think they had Castle Crashers as well, right? I think they did. And uh, and my kids were sitting there just playing Battle Block. The entire, there's, there's a cupcake. The cupcake. Unhappy cupcake. Yeah, in in their blog they listed it as being life size. I was like, that's the biggest fucking life size cupcake I've ever seen. That's a cupcake that'll eat you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna read this. Uh, I want to remind everyone, this episode of The Patch is brought to you by Hulu Plus. You've probably tried Hulu on your computer. Hulu Plus is so much more. With Hulu Plus, you watch shows on your schedule. Hulu Plus has all the current season episodes of your favorite shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Modern Family, and At Midnight. Ooh, you can watch our episode. There we go. Uh, watch every episode of shows like South Park, Doctor Who, and American Dad. You know, At Midnight got an Emmy nomination. I was going to say the Emmy nominated At Midnight. Emmy nominated At Midnight. Uh, Hulu Plus works on your computer, smart TV, Roku, Apple TV, Xbox, pretty much any streaming device you already own. You can even watch on your phone or tablet on the train, at work, at the dentist, or in the bathroom. Uh, you should be blocking off a day just to binge. With Hulu Plus, you're in total control to stream these and thousands more as much as you want, whenever you want. You also get access to originals that you can't get anywhere else, the Criterion movies, ad-free kids shows, plus anime and Korean dramas. For only $7.99 a month, you get your shows anytime, anywhere. 
Right now, we're offering a two-week free trial when you go to huluplus.com slash patch. It's a whole extra week free. Make sure you use huluplus.com slash patch to get your extended free trial. They know that we sent you. Uh, so one more time for extended free trial, huluplus.com slash patch. Try it. Watch a movie. It's crazy to have the entire Criterion collection on there. Like, I remember that mm -hmm. being such a big deal, you know, when DVDs were first coming out. It's like, oh, what's the next Criterion release going to be? And now it's just, like, literally on demand. You can watch all Stream of them. it. Yeah, stream it. Just like, <laughs> oh, that one. Done. So easy. The well, audience on Twitter is pretty split between 60 frames per second and 30. Like, some people are like, I would never go back to 30 frames per second ever. But you, you kind of have to for a lot of games. It'll disappear immediately. You play that game for an hour, I, I promise you, you won't even see the difference. I am acclimating. When I first started seeing high frame rate stuff, I was like, I just can't take this. And now it's like I'm slowly getting used to it. I mean, and there's a big gap here. We're talking about 30 to 60 uh, versus when you're thinking about looking at a TV that was 60 to 120. That's a much bigger difference. Uh, in terms of what your eye's going to see. The 30 to 60 gap is not as Yeah, big. 30 to 60 isn't as bad for me. 60 to 120 is rough. That's In fact, 60 was always kind of the target for PC, and I don't know if this is true or not, but that was what I heard when they were trying to figure out like roughly what was the human eye's frame rate, and it was closer to 60. Mm. It was right in that range was about what your max frame rate for your eye was. You know, I do wonder, too, it's like, I, I wonder, and I know this isn't the way evolution works, but I wonder if you, like, went back to like the 1800s and you measured the frame rate of someone's eye and you measured the resolution like they do that for the retina displays for mm -hmm. apple products they tell you like this is the optimal resolution for your retina i wonder if it would have been different back then like it, i wonder if like over time we spend so much time with screens and frame rates and things like that if we develop like some kind of affinity for it this is just a total hypothetical you discussion better or worse now that we're no longer you know fighting for food and well like we probably can see it a lot more noticeably since we're trained to look at screens a lot more now like someone back then who had never looked at a screen would probably be much more acclimated to a lower frame rate when you go back and you look at like a football game from the 80s like the jets versus the bills in 1985 like you see highlights Why is it always the jets and the bills that's like the, the ultimate <laughs> 80s football game yeah i don't know the jets were seemed like a bigger team back then uh and but the uh i was a jets fan growing up I'm a bills fan. <laughs> um, the uh and but when you look at that stuff you're like this is horrendous like even by any standard, this is miserable. And it was like, a lot of times when we see like the archive footage, it's film. And that, that like had a very consistent uh, fidelity. But video footage from like taped games and things like that, broadcast games did not. Right. And like the titles they used and everything was That yellow awful. that they used in the yeah, titles it was, was like, like, oh. It, like come, it almost makes a noise when it appears on the screen. <laughs> Gunk. Was <laughs> there like a buzz to it? Yeah. But it's like, I just think I wonder if like over time, like we've gotten used to it. And that's why I'm always amazed when you go back and look at some games and they hold up over time. Like the, the franchise that consistently amazes me when I go back and look at it is Gears of War and how mm. incredible the graphics were on that game from the very first iteration of it. And it's held up so well over time. It's crazy. Yeah, that game came fairly early in the 360 life cycle. And even towards the end, it still looks it, amazing. This is one of the early games Halo that really. Halo 3, I saw some screenshots the other day. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. what? Uh, Gears of War was one of the early games that took really good advantage of the advent of normal mapping. Now, you weren't seeing a lot of it until. Gears of War came along, and they really used it pretty much to capacity on that system, and which bloom. is what makes it look like it had much more polygons than it did. Lots of bloom. Lots of bloom. Lots of bloom. And lots of sad. <laughs> that really set like a, a trend for a that stayed around for a long time with yeah. bloom? bloom everywhere. Yeah. I think we talked about before. There was a filter I think on a. Uh, one of the cameras on Halo 3's DLC when they had different camera looks, yeah. and one of them was next-gen, yeah. and it was all <laughs> blown-out bloom. It was, like, ridiculous. Yeah. 
Yeah. But there were some actually some stories. We're we're getting too off on the fidelity thing. We'll talk about something else. All right. My next topic. Uh, I guess uh, um, some Star Wars and I'm Star Wars, some Starcraft and Guild Wars former developers have formed their own studio called Motiga and just released a trailer for their new game called uh, Gigantic. El Gigante. I know nothing about the game other than what they've released so far. Like I haven't I haven't read about it. like I just saw like a Facebook update of like get on board with Gigantic and from a marketing perspective, I've never had a faster downturn in interest for a game between like <laughs> seeing the initial teaser image and then watching the trailer. As I watched the trailer, I was like I was like, "Oh, this game's going to be great. It's going to be like a totally new kind of a game." And as I watched it, I was like, "It's a MOBA, right?" I mean, it's, it's- essentially a MOBA except your base is a giant creature yes. that's a mobile. But it's not exactly. It's not? Well, okay. That's, that's what I gathered. Was that's, that, it, yeah. it attacks and it moves around, and so you have to be mobile with it. It does. It. Uh, the, the interesting part is if you watch to the very end, there's one tiny little segment of gameplay. And in that gameplay, what you can see is a bunch of little points that look like they could be kind of the towers, reminiscent yeah. of Smite or League of Legends. And I there's got a, two... I got a big Smite feeling from that trailer. Yeah. And two altars, which I assume control your ability to summon that big beast thing. Now, I mean, that's just assumptions based on this, but it's still, there are still two bases. Is that it? Uh, yes. So if you look at the top right, which if you can't see it uh, because you're listening to the audio that podcast, map, there's, a, yeah, there's a mini map, and at either end, there's still like a two things that look kind of like altars, somewhat like a, a base that you would attempt to attack, mm-hmm. and then a bunch of things that look like control points midway along the thing. Uh, so I'm gonna guess maybe the big monster thing fights with you, but maybe it's like a call-in. Maybe it's not always there. I don't know. What I read is the objective is to kill the big monster. To kill the big the monster. End. Yeah, and you have to hit it in the heart. Okay. And that. Uh, but and you probably have to damage it far enough to where you reveal the heart. Right. And then, I assume so. Right. So it's like that's the objective. Yeah. Is that, so that doesn't make that makes me think that it wouldn't just disappear because if that was the case, I'd never summon my monster because then the other team can't win if the monster's not there. Right. Well, I assume, that's what I assume the altar's for. Mm. So the other team could summon them? Could just destroy the altar, I imagine. Mm. I don't know. Again, that's all speculation. The odd thing, too, was the character that you see being played in the one bit of gameplay is not one that's any, or at least doesn't look like any of the ones that they revealed in the trailer. Mm-hmm. It was a completely kind of mechanical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of stuff they haven't said. The other thing that I thought was really interesting that they haven't said is they haven't come out and said that it's going to be a free-to-play game. So, I felt like the way they're announcing it, though, it... it did feel like a free-to-play game, but you're right. They haven't said anything. Yeah. So, which I, I don't know. Do you feel kind of obligated early on to announce that it's going to be free-to-play? Or I think a lot of that uh, can be. Uh, when I look at it, I, I made those assumptions based on the way they were marketing it, and because I found out about it on Facebook first, it came up in an ad in my feed. Uh, that's that. That's how I first heard about the game. Because I heard about it there, I assumed it was free-to-play. Like, if you're going to advertise a game like that heavily on social media, especially Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, it just implies free-to-play to me. It's like there's a, it's a contextual cues, right? Yeah, that's a good point. that stuff. But there, there's no indication that that's the case. And nowhere on the website does it say free-to-play. But, I I mean, is there a MOBA that exists right now that is – I guess uh, Dota 2 is not free-to-play, is it? Oh, it is. Is it? Okay. Yeah. So there's not a MOBA that I can think of that is not free-to-play. Yeah. A good point. Uh, I mean, what, what's out there? You got, you know, Dota 2. Dota 2. There's Legend, you're going to leave, you're gonna leave yeah. something out and you're going to uh, get blasted. <laughs> but I'm trying to think of the, like, the, the uh, major players. The Heroes of the Storm. But it's one of those things where here's exactly the way it worked for me when I saw it. I saw the, the 
image, the teaser image, essentially on my Facebook feed. And I saw this cool art of these gigantic monsters. And I thought, oh, it kind of cool. It looks like some kind of like shadow colossus with these huge, massive monsters fighting each other and that kind of thing. And like a world in which those exist. I was like, that seems kind of cool. Then I started watching the trailer and I was like, oh, this is neat. It's got a kind of cool art direction. And then they started talking about it. I was like, you got to protect this big monster with a team of five. You have to protect your monster, but you don't actually play as a monster. I was like, oh, so it feels like reverse of Evolve. Which is kind of interesting, and they said, and there's another team of five. And they have monsters. I was like, oh, Tomoba. I mean, literally, it was like it was like as soon as they showed that second symmetrical team, they have five players, and they also have a monster. It's like, oh, yeah. And I get I get kind of disappointed uh, in the video game industry in general because things go in trends, but because the development cycles of games are so long, trends seem to last way longer than the audience is actually on board with them. Right, like World of Warcraft clones is probably the best example of that. MMOs took years and years to develop, and it's like we kept seeing MMOs like long after MMOs were being launched and immediately failing. You know what I mean? It was like, and you you knew that somebody else still had an MMO in the works, and like, here's our MMO. You know, and then they would go free-to-play probably within two months. Mm -hmm. Like, that became the new model. Well, the interesting thing still, I think, with MOBAs, and I think differentiates them, is we're still seeing, like, twists on it and in some innovation like you look at smite which is more you know wasd controlled as points as opposed to like clicking and this one you know where they're trying to maybe make the bases a little more mobile like i think that's the the keys to try to find uh, ways to innovate on that formula and i think it's a big reason why mobile games have and independent games have seen such a huge surge in the last few years the thing that is in early access the one thing though yeah. that I, I will say i didn't necessarily like like the art looks pretty cool <laughs> except for the fact that again they've gone back to that trope of Easily identifiable character classes. Like, hey, there's the big guy. Oh, he's the tank. Oh, right. there's the skinny guy. That's the DPS. Oh, there's the guy with a couple, you know, things. He's the healer. It's so obvious what each class is, just based on every other game you've ever played that has class. I mean, it's very Team Fortress 2 almost in terms it's of formulaic. Yeah. I mean, it happens with a lot of mass media, right? With mm-hmm. movies and things like that. I mean, you have a clean act structure in movies and you expect to see certain things and here's the character who's noble and's going to die, you know, and things like that. It's just, you know, it's tropes, well, but it's tropes in video games. One of the mm-hmm. things that I, I really liked uh, going back even a little further is like in Far Cry 3, as you unlocked skills for your character, you got different tattoos on your arm. And oh, yeah. obviously it's a single player game, so no one can see it, but I thought, wouldn't that be an interesting take is if you had a multiplayer game where everyone looks more or less the same, but there's just identifying marks like tattoos or something that, you, that, are, that allow you to tell quickly what someone is. And you guys did that on WoW based on knowing all the gear, right? Right. And like you, you would know if someone spec PvP or PvE, mm-hmm. but that's just rote memorization. You know, the mm-hmm. gear looks similar. It's like, oh, it's this color or, oh, the spikes are here instead of there. That's a, he's got the wrong armor set on to attack that guy. That that's not quite. That that's that's, that's a lot more work. <laughs> Look how embarrassed you. That's get. embarrassing. <laughs> that's embarrassing. <laughs> you got, your voice got quieter and quieter yeah. as you went through that. <laughs> you spent a lot of time playing. I well. spent a lot of time. You should, playing be, well. you should be proud of that. Oh no, he's got the robes of desolation. <laughs> Quick, run! <laughs> yeah, come on. God, be serious, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> so, God showed me one time. He showed me war. I was a warlock in WoW, and he showed me gear, which was like. Huge shoulder pads with skulls stuck on the spikes. And it was some warlock gear. I think it was tier three uh, warlock gear. But it was like back when the level cap was, I think it was 60. I think it was. And uh, and I was like and I was like level 20. And I was like, oh, I'd love to get that. And then he t- described to me what it would take to get all the gear. And I was like, I'm never doing that. <laughs> I was like, my dream of achieving that immediately died in the course of that conversation. Just like very quickly. Yeah. I was like, that's going to be, that, that has to take over your life. That was the World of Warcraft 
World of Warcraft. Man, I can't talk. I need to get red leather, yellow leather. Uh, that was the trope from that, right? Was the bigger your shoulders were, the more impressive your armor was. Right. I mean, what can you do at some points? I mean, you gotta like, you, you gotta have gear that like makes your character bigger and better. You know, <laughs> I guess you can start your character completely naked when they're level one, but you know, you get. I mean, you can only. I mean, how big can you possibly make them? You know, I saw some mounts recently from World of Warcraft that are out now that are just like ridiculous. <laughs> it was a uh, tier two warlock gear. Tier two warlock gear. I'll, uh, I'll see if I can pull it up on here. It was uh, I was very impressed by it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's impressive looking. It's uh, it's the tier two uh, PVE set. Um, yeah, which of course PVE is grinding out in the open world versus grinding out against other players, which is yeah. PVP. Uh, I was always whenever I played that game too. Probably why I never got into MOBAs before, although I am starting to get into it now, is that I never went into the arena stuff in World of Warcraft, and mm. it seems like that's where the MOBA movement came from was the pvp arenas on mmos am i wrong in thinking that uh no it probably comes more from the original dota mob which i believe was a warcraft 3 mod Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think that's where so like a more distilled version of rts that's where you see the mobile movement coming from okay okay i get that yeah yeah um all right so the what was i gonna talk about next sorry well let's talk about early access so we briefly mentioned it a second ago, like trends in gaming. And right now they've announced that both PS4 and Xbox One executives are saying that they're thinking about introducing early access to the consoles. Yes. And I think Joystick did a poll. Yeah, so from what I understand, it's actually the PS4 executives who said that they want to try to figure out how to get early access on the PS4. Uh-huh. And it's the independent developers, part of the ID at Xbox program, who would like to see early access available uh through Xbox. Okay, so PS4 executives and developers for Xbox One. Independent, yes. Yeah. So uh, you're right. Joystick conducted a poll asking their readers, should console <laughs> games have early access? And the t- when I looked at it this morning, uh, 72% of the responders said no, consoles should not have early access. Well, apparently games. I am a Joystick reader because I agree with all of them, every 72% of them, when I say I would be horrified. Oh, there it is. Horrified if they had early access on consoles. I just don't. Well, it. I mean, early access, when they're talking about early access, they're never going to have a AAA title with early access. I mean, I'm not... What are you, what are you talking never, about? Let's what are you talking about? Bookmark this. They're never going to have a AAA with early access. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go I'm gonna go all in on that. What do that. you call the Destiny <laughs> Alpha and Beta? <laughs> what, what are you going to be That's playing this weekend? Early access that you'd buy into. But you, you have to pre-order order. in order to get access to it. Uh, you didn't have to pre-order to get in the Alpha. You just signed up for it. You can just sign up. The beta you have you to. can just sign up for the beta too. Just go to the website, uh, Destiny Game slash Beta. No, I, I, but you have to get a code by pre-ordering. That's what I don't they, know if they that's keep. True or not, yeah. yeah, I know it's true. That's what I'm I don't saying. Know. This is all here, uh, here, all hearsay until we actually see some actual proof. But uh. oh, by the way, so we can even go back to, to Gigantic. Did you notice what the names of the characters were in that? No, Guardians. <laughs> so Guardian is like the new word for 2015, 2014 yeah. going into 2015. Like the, the word for 2013 going into 2014 was everything was named Titans. Like it was Titan here, Titan there. Mm-hmm. And now the new word is Guardian. That's like showing up in every game. <laughs> and like the year before that was the word precursor or predecessor or yeah. anything. It's weird how that stuff works too. It's like some words just make their way into the vocabulary of mm-hmm. games. I listen, I don't put betas in the same category as early access. But I do think early access is a trend that should be best contained to the PC world. I don't think that console gamers are inferior gamers, but I do think that console gamers expect a more polished, consistent, yeah, and consolidated experience on the console. 
That's what I think they expect. PC gamers, they mod stuff, and they, you know, they're used to that. Early access makes sense on PC. I don't think it makes sense on yeah, console. PC, you're like, oh, shit's crashed, relaunch it. I think on a console, it just got to work. You're starting to imply a division in gaming that doesn't necessarily exist anymore. I think that there's a... The I, people, I, I have some the, comment sections that disagree with you, There friend. are. But I think a lot of the people, even the people that self-proclaim themselves as one or the other, probably still have multiple platforms. Uh, I think, I mean, granted, it's, it's a price prohibitive thing for a lot of people, but still... Uh, if you have a console, I you probably still have a computer that you can run at least some Steam games on. Uh, pretty much, all, I think a lot of people that are Steam gamers still have a console as well. So I think the the walls between these groups are starting to break down, Here's especially the way, as hardware catches we up. We talked a couple weeks ago about mm -hmm. Planetary Annihilation. Yeah. And it had a retail early access yeah. game, and it was on retail shelves. Yeah. Here's the way I think I look at it. I look at a console as a retail experience. Whether I buy it at a store or I buy it on the console, that to me is an in-home retail experience. I don't consider buying games like even Steam. I don't consider that necessarily retail. But I think the, for the average consumer, I, I think they, that's a retail experience. And so I put it in the same category as that. Well, and here's the the changeover that's happening right now is the allowing all these indie developers into the console market. Which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. I mean, but that's what comes kind of with that is that's how indie development is getting done these days is uh -huh. early access. And so to expand the number of indie developers that are interested in coming to that platform, letting them sell early and continue their sales through the development is going to bring more of them in. Yeah. So if they really want to, and seeing Steam there with this really successful early access programs, granted, not all of them are good, but I mean, it's still up to you to decide what you want to play and then buy the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but seeing how that's going for Steam, they kind of have. If they want to keep attracting indie developers, they have to do it to stay competitive. And they have they have to attract indie developers. If yeah, that seems to be what everybody's pitching real hard is. Oh, we got all the indie developers over here. Come over here. It, se <laughs> it seems like a good time to be an indie developer. It seems like there's yeah. a lot of support going on for that from both uh, PCs and consoles. Uh, I think uh, I think they have their pick of where to go. Also, I mean, it's like maybe indie developers don't have the obligation that AAA developers have where. You know, an indie developer can come out and say, this is what our game's going to be, and it's going to be incredible. Like, I'm curious, like, what No Man's Sky can deliver. Because after right. after that Sony keynote at E3 this year, I was just like, that game looks incredibly, you know, advanced for anything else that I've seen out there. And it's like, this, they have to deliver on it. Right. Well, like, they showed it. High expectations. They did it. I mean, I guess it goes back to that trap like we talked about previously where... You know, you'd look at the Watch Dogs example. Where I was you about see to say Watch Dogs. <laughs> it looks mind-blowing and amazing. Then you get the final product, and it's significantly stripped down from that. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's a early access. They can put it out there. They can put the version they have out there now, and it's like, well, it'll be better over time. Yeah. yeah. And eventually get there. Uh, speaking of Watch Dogs, I read that apparently Ubisoft shipped 8 million units of, uh, of Watch Dogs. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So uh, I guess it's, uh, it's sold well. Their first quarter uh, revenue grew by 374%. I'm really curious too. Wow. I, I don't know what the breakdown on that is by console, though. They, you know, they had a 360 uh, and an Xbox One. Did they have a PS4 version of that too? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm yeah, curious. I didn't know there was a platform really. I didn't know there was a 360 version. I saw Ray playing it the other day. I didn't either, until we got a couple copies here. Yeah, I didn't realize, and it suffers going down to the 360. Oh yeah, pretty heavily. Yeah, and like just graphically. Oh yeah, especially if you get in water, it just looks ridiculous. He was shooting mm -hmm. people in their cars through the windshield, and the windshield wasn't blowing. Yeah, up. the windshields don't break. Like they okay. stay there and they were. There's a lot of shot. just little things like that. Also, it looks really flatly lit. Like it's just kind of bright. It looks almost like someone just cranked the gamma mm -hmm. and didn't bother with any kind of light or shadow. Uh, it's not pretty, but I mean, it's, it's an old piece a of game hardware. designed for not that. 
I mean, it's really not made to run on that. It's like God, the Game Boy see, version of the game that was made. It seems crazy to me because it's like I don't see what it is about Watch Dogs that takes it out of the realm of like a GTA Five, which looks amazing on the 360. Does look better on the one, you know? Does look better, you know, PS3 to PS4 and all that. But. It's probably like the platform developed on, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. the targeted system. And then you can definitely tell. It's funny because you'll get those little cutscene moments where they'll show the characters up close, <clears> and the characters are really you know much higher poly than you would have seen on the 360 or earlier platforms. That's like where that game shines. The mm-hmm. in-engine cutscenes, but when you, as soon as you pull out of that and you're getting a little bit further away from it, who cares? Not quite as good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so okay. I feel you know we don't do segments on the patch, but I feel like we should start a segment where every week. We do a weekly Star Citizen crowdfunding update, <laughs> and we what is it now? Talk about, they hit forty-eight million dollars. Forty-eight million dollars, and they unveiled a new bomber to go along with this. Because uh, why this new not? Milestone. Yeah, that's a big. That's, there you there go. It is. That's the forty-eight million dollar bomber. I, like the U.S. military at this point. I have not pledged any money to Star Citizen, but it's a game I'm going to buy when it comes out. I don't know yeah. why I haven't just gotten on board with it. I mean, I think they just showed the bomber design because that's what he's going to show up to the launch party in. Like, it will literally point. be a launch party. Like, yeah. the, launch, the party is in orbit. <laughs> you must launch to get there. <laughs> Everyone who, who's backs it gets a ticket. So here's a crazy thing. Um, the Chris Roberts is the developer behind mm-hmm. this, a guy behind Freelancer and Wing Commander uh, back with Origin. Um, the Kickstarter for Star Citizen ended November 19th, 2012. Wow. Crazy stat. Do you, do you know what the amount of the Kickstarter was? I just saw so, it. Sorry, I, I, I can't The amount guess. of the Kickstarter that they, they raised during their Kickstarter uh, campaign, it doesn't say how long it was on here, but I'm assuming it was probably 30 days, mm-hmm. maybe 60. But they raised $2.1 million and they had 34,000 backers. <laughs> they actually <laughs> raised more money for Laser Team than Star Citizen. They have raised 40 plus million, 45 plus. Yeah, 45 plus well, million dollars. over after, the Kickstarter, yeah. After the Kickstarter. So that's crazy. Over a year and a half, uh, yeah, about a year and a half yeah. past the end of the Kickstarter. So it's like, it goes back to the development cycle of games versus other things, too. I mean, that would be the equivalent if we were still raising money for Laser Team, which is a movie that we crowdfunded on uh, Indiegogo, if we were still raising money for that December of next year, essentially, right. a year yeah. and a half later. It's just crazy to think about. Or January of 2016, we were still raising money for yeah. it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> we could make a lot of money. At what point, though, I mean, with a game development, do you have to stop? What what are the what are you giving money towards well, now? I mean, this is going to be the most innovative game of all time. Uh-huh. What we're going to realize is that it's going to keep going. At least we're going to realize this is the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like. Do um, you want to continue? Insert twenty five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> we just unlock different ships every month, and we all get excited about it. Well, you see, is the art. Yeah, and pretty soon after a while, people are like, "Hey, how come we're not actually playing the games? We are playing the game. <laughs> Did you see what we unlocked this week? See if your credit card is the secret code that wins. <laughs> just like type it in." <laughs> it's like we've created vaporware. This is how it came came to be vaporware. So they just kept pushing out the mark. But yeah, they just now kept they can never to deliver more stuff. Yeah, and yeah. like it never ends. Like at what point do they? At what point do we unlock a release date? I mean, what is the plan <laughs> for it? Yeah, I don't know. Or or just anything coming out? Has there been any information about when the game is going to get? I in mean, front of the public? they've they've done betas, or right, or and mod- like, modules, uh-huh, like modules. They had the hang- the hangar, and uh, they did the, the cockpit, do- the the space combat, like the dogfight yeah. thing at Pax East. So I you mean, they're, see they're making progress. Yeah. yeah. No, no, that's great. That's great. I wasn't aware of that, and I and I haven't been able to experience it. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to Pax Prime. They weren't at RTX, so 
Give me a break. So I mean, it's not a real game. Get out of here. <laughs> so I'll take a look at it. I'm, I'm probably going to be heading it, up to it, PAX Prime. It costs less than $48 million to attend RTX as an exhibitor. I'm just saying. <laughs> it could have been a stretch goal. It could have unlocked a bomb. could have been a stretch goal. RTX. For them, though, I don't think anymore we can call it crowdfunding. It's no longer crowdfunding. The game has got to be fully funded for whatever it is they're going to make, right? They're not going to... They're, they're not, still accepting money, though. They're st well, now you're just pre-buying the game. That's all it is. You're just pre-ordering. I mean, you're not funding the game anymore. They're not unlocking new tiers of yeah, things. They are. They? are. That, that bomber was just unlocked at the $48 million level. They're that still was... making shit up. I, just, I need to go to the website and just see what, like, are they advertising? Like, just a little bit more. Come on. <laughs> Sweeten the pot. Do you think they're just out of ideas? Like, fuck, $50 million. Uh, Space ponies. Chris Roberts will come it's to your birthday party. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Space ponies. Now I want to donate because I want a space pony. You're welcome. Launch. That one's free. Uh, that one's free, Chris Roberts. So I just have the Wing Commander film starring Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, and, and Matthew Ma Lillard. Matthew Lillard. Uh, that that movie God. was a thirty million dollar budget. I'm trying. I was trying to look up what the, what would you think the budget of Wing Commander was. I think they spent that all on Matthew Lillard too. Yeah, well, Wing Commander actually the the game had a star-studded cast. Mark Hamill, uh, uh, John, John Reese Davis, Davis. Uh -huh. yeah, and uh, I want to was Keith David. In it? I don't, not sure if he was, but sure. Biff, Biff from Back to the Future was. I he believe was, in yeah. that as well. They spent Maniac. a lot of their money on Biff. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was a big deal because it had a full motion video, mm -hmm. and they, they had like the Kill Rothy. They had full props for them and everything else. Mm -hmm. I think Richard Garriott still has some of that stuff. He talked about it. Oh right, on the podcast when we helped him launch his Kickstarter for uh, Shroud of the Avatar. Shroud of the Avatar, yeah. yeah. Which, where is that game? Uh, it's coming along. They just went through release candidate four, I believe. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, yeah, so they're 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 plugging along. They're uh, they still have their their updates. I think they're going to be releasing here pretty soon. The game's really far along. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you have a choice of consuming media. Like uh, when I look at like say today, uh, Entertainment Weekly, I believe, did a story on the first look at Avengers: Age of Ultron, and on the cover of it. They have two of the main heroes from the Avengers, and they have Ultron, the way Ultron looks in the movie, on the cover oh. of the magazine. And inside, they have a lot of information, some story things that, if you follow the comic, uh, can you know give you an indication of what direction they're going to head with the story. But that you know that's content from a, a linear movie, so in a way, you're consuming early content analogous to the way you're going to consume it when it finally comes out. You're going to be like looking at clips and things like that. So maybe this is just where games are going in natural progression for games with early access and you can choose oh i was going to say no spoilers but we actually showed the image right there if you don't oh, want damn it, it. <laughs> see and that's the thing right so you don't want to see what ultron looks like maybe. no why would you want to see that before the movie but so you but you know that content is out there but because it's something that you're interested in i didn't in, know till now you well, just spoiled the fact that there were spoilers well give me a break, <laughs> give me a break. i'm warning you but you can choose you can choose to withhold that you know, seeing that stuff, hopefully, and you can you can it's manage impossible. that. Before no, it's I, not going to happen. Literally, especially if you're on a show like ours, yeah, you, yeah, we you have to see that. it. This life. So I just looked. Actually, Shroud of the Avatar just passed release seven. Past release seven. So that's what I'm saying. Like, so Shroud of the Avatar is a game that I definitely want to play. I I did back the crowdfunding campaign, but I have not taken part in any of the pre-access mm -hmm. in any way because I know I want to play this game when it's done. Mm -hmm. And so, and I I really don't. You know, I'm not the kind of early access person where I have it. I want to like shape a game. That's I want the developers to make the game, and then I want to enjoy the game when it comes out. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I backed uh, Shroud of the Avatar. So I have not. I think I installed release one, and then I, I had I had that thought where I was like, no, I don't want to. I'm I'm just gonna wait to see the polished version. So maybe that's where we're headed. The sophistication that people have with consuming movies, they'll just apply that to games of like, I know this is early access, so I'm not gonna partake in it. 
I'll play Watch Dogs because right. it's finished. Would, I'll play Shroud of Avatar. Would you want to see done. a movie before they they're done with the visual effects? Right. I wouldn't read an article about the new Star Wars movie. I wouldn't sit there and read an in depth article about how they did visual effects before I went to see the movie. I'd make sure that I went and saw the movie first. Mm-hmm. In fact, when the Star Wars trailer comes out for Star Wars Episode Seven, I will have a decision of like, do I want to watch this trailer? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, considering the track record of Star Wars, you might want to watch it just to go. Yeah. I think I'm just going to sit that out. Beloved franchise. How dare you? (laughs) So beloved. (laughs) Beloved franchise. J.J. Abrams at the helm. (laughs) I'm excited. Don't get me wrong. I'm. I'm. I'm ready for this. Yeah. I don't know. They're doing. They're doing crazy stuff with Star Wars too. Not to get off into the movies. We are starting a TV and film podcast soon. Soon. But, uh, yeah, they're doing crazy stuff, though, where they're not just making three more movies. They're making a bunch of side movies in there as well. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that'll be interesting. What about Boba Fett? I what think? about Boba Fett? Yeah. yeah. Boba Fett's finally getting a movie. Finally. It's, it's just going to be his life inside the Sarlacc pick monster. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Oh, a thousand years of digestion. Oh. There's actually a great robot chicken that covers Boba Fett in the Sarlacc stomach. It's fucking funny. You got to see it. You got to <laughs> see look it. for that. Um, next topic here. Uh, apparently, I guess they were at a at a conference in the I think it was a conference in the UK at the Develop 2014 conference. Uh, Andrew House, who's one of the heads of Sony Computer Entertainment, revealed that they rewrote their E3 presentation uh, the weekend before they delivered it, based purely on the backlash they saw Microsoft was getting over their their DRM policies. They didn't make that little sketch of trading <laughs> the games. They didn't make that beforehand. That Use was flash. totally in response. Yeah. Sony not stupid. <laughs> they said they said you know they didn't change any of their messaging or their or they didn't change any of their plans. Uh-huh. They just changed the messaging and the way they delivered it. Absolutely disagree with that. I don't even believe that part of it. I, I think those even when they put the consoles out, I think they know exactly what they can charge for the consoles. I know this is deep conspiracy stuff. I know they have arrangements with retail outlets and everything. I still believe whoever goes first sets a price, and the person who comes after them bases their price on the first announcement. I really honestly believe that. I think all that stuff is variables, and they take different scenarios and plug them in. That that the announcement, you set that out as notes for the patch, for this week's patch, didn't surprise me at all. Were you surprised that they changed their address? No, no like I said, it would be ridiculous not to. I right. mean, if you see that happening, that's the best moment to target your speech. You, yeah. They have just handed you the playbook and said, what? "Here, you see, take me apart." You see what everyone hates. You're like, "Oh, yeah. perfect! That, that, that." You know, we're just gonna change the way we say things to address that. Yeah, they were. If you can accuse a corporation of this, they were a little shitty, though. With some of the stuff they did, <laughs> that, that video was a little mocking. Yeah, there was a little bit of foot on the neck and a little bit of grinding yeah. with the foot. You know what I mean? But it's good. I mean, that we talked about this before. The PS3 was in such a, a secondary position compared to the 360. It's good to see them, you know, stepping up and uh, and reaching some equilibrium. And look at the, look at the effect that all that backlash had on what the Xbox One turned into over the course of a year. Mm-hmm. There was I mean, it just recently went through an update, uh, the one that I had um, in my we we pulled it out. You can you snap know, achievements. I think yeah, yeah. snappable one. achievements. Yeah, and so with all the progress on them as well. For the ones that make use of that correctly, there's yeah. still a bunch of games that don't. But yeah, it's unfortunate. But We're early enough in the cycle thing. where yeah. yeah, going forward, like next year, you're not going to remember any of the games that didn't didn't do it. Sure. Just like the when achievements first came out, there were a lot of games that didn't implement didn't have a correctly. Mm-hmm. Oh Jesus! Don't yeah. get me started. Or had eight point uh, achievements. Yeah, but that's like acceptable to me. I <laughs> don't know acceptable. why. Yeah, Random I'm not one of those. People, I'm not one of those people who's like utterly like haunted yeah. by the fact that I had a gamer score. I did get it to where it was a five or a zero at the end, but for a long time I had it and didn't even notice that it was like that. Yeah, I think Marathon Two had a seven point achievement. Mine was Crash Bandicoot. Mm. I'm more <laughs> embarrassed by that. <laughs> then, then, I, then I my three point achievement at the end, and I actually went back and finished Crash Bandicoot in order to get it. That was a game that I lost to a USB drive. 
it ate it. That's a recurring theme with you. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> well, it's, you know what it is? I was one USB drive that ate literally every save I had. So it was either games I had completed that I didn't care about anymore and wasn't going to go back and play, or it was games I had in progress that I was working uh -huh. on slowly over a period of time. They were all gone. Mm. Meanwhile, Jack? you can't keep a Walking Dead save to... Yeah. <laughs> go, 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 cross my fingers, man. It's been fine so far. Since my third playthrough, uh -huh. I've not had to do it again. I saw a really funny post on Reddit, which was... And I don't think this is spoilers, even though they listed it as spoilers on Reddit. It was the character Clementine, and it said... It, the, the prompt from the game was, that hurt Clementine's feelings. And the guy's response to it was, restart game. Yeah. <laughs> Start over. That character, that's a very well-written character. It might yeah. be one of the best written and performed characters in the history they, of video games. They uh, Telltale 10. announced that, um, I guess, episode four of season two of The Walking Dead is coming out this month. And we should expect more news about it next week. Meg's excited. Meg's a huge walk. She's, 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 like, she's, she has a mouthful of food too. She's eating. Yeah, uh, Meg's, a, Meg's a huge Walking Dead fan. Yeah, I'm super, super excited uh, for the next installment in that. Um, also, we're, we're running low on time, by the way. We have like about five minutes left. Oh no! Um, what I, will happen? I guess yeah. will we end on time or won't we? Insomniac, stay tuned. Inadvertently announced that <laughs> uh, games are going to be available for pre-order for digital pre-orders uh, on Xbox Live soon. During yeah. during one of their uh, like Sunset TV promotional series, someone a someone asked a question, and they said that yeah, if you pre-order the game digitally, you can get day one edition content. Hmm. So it's weird because you can't do that yet. So it seems to imply that sometime between now and their launch in October, you'll be able to pr digitally pre-order games. It'll be interesting because I wonder then uh, with the pre-ordering, that seems to be kind of old school brick and mortar. Like they're one of their mm -hmm. last things that they have is that you can go in and pre-order the game there. I wonder, like, when they have exclusive pre-order items based on retail chain, which is a common bonus, will the first-party pre-order bonus be better? better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that'll be a thing they'll have to actively debate internally mm -hmm. when they're when they're doing that. We kind of actually talked about that last week because GameStop's really going after developing. They're going to be involved specific. in the development yeah. process now. They want to have really good stuff for GameStop. I, okay, I want to make a I want to make a prediction here. All right. I bet when they first put out pre-orders. For games, I would not be surprised if there is a product that goes up on shelves at retail stores, which is a code that you buy at a GameStop to go home and enter to get a pre-order on your console. The extra content, just like just purely the extra just content. Just like they're selling in a brick and mortar store the pre-order for the digital product on the Xbox Weird. or on the, the Sony. I It'd can totally see yeah. that happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. That, I mean, it's basically a DLC code, right? Right. Yeah. But it's like instead of pre-ordering the game at the store, you're pre-ordering the game on your console while in a store. And you go home and unlock it. I bet, I bet, so I, weird. I will bet that exists. I will bet as weird yeah. as that is, that exists. It's probably like some weird like mediation negotiation that they made. Well, I mean, yeah. that's when people already, you can already go and buy points and, and like credit for the online store that way. So sure. it's only like a small step from there. It's huge for people who don't have credit cards. Right. Yeah. And that's their profit anyway, right? I mean, that's the thing they really want to sell. The games are all pretty much price-locked, so they're not making a lot on the actual game. But the extra stuff... But th and then they want to sell a used game, though. Yeah, so they do, sell, they, they, sell do, they do not have any opportunity to recoup that as uh -huh. a used game if they sell a digital version. That's an excellent point, too. And if they can sell the code, they can get people to come and bring in their used games and then sell the code. <laughs> so now you're going to buy a used game. And then if you want to play online, you've got to buy a online pass from the developer. And then if you want the extra content, you've got to buy the DLC code from or, the store. What if? Okay, so what if you could turn in your code, 
be like, I don't want to play this game anymore. If you could deactivate from your console, code? and then you could buy a code code to refresh that code and make it new again. Gone too <laughs> so down, it's like a used code. Rabbit hole. <laughs> too like far down the rabbit hole. Computer vaginoplasty. It's just like two prime numbers, right? You end up with like this other like non-prime number that's created through the hash of both of them. If you pay for all that with Bitcoin, we've officially gone too far. <laughs> there was a guy I, I was with, uh, we did a speech with at V2V, which is a South by Southwest offshoot that's in Vegas. It's basically for startups. And he did a whole presentation on Bitcoin, talked about where the first things ever bought, physical product bought with Bitcoin was a pizza. A young kid who had Bitcoin but didn't have a credit card convinced somebody else in the forums back when they were just trading them mm-hmm. and they had no real value uh, or very low value. He traded somebody on the forum Bitcoin in order for them to order a pizza for him with his credit card in his town. And they did it. And it was the first official thing that's recognized being bought with Bitcoin. That pizza today, $6.2 million. <laughs> that's, that's what that, the amount of the Bitcoin they used to purchase that oh, pizza. Oh, my God. Wow. That's amazing. I hope that one is the only Bitcoin. No, it was long ago. You know, It was way before the run-up. That's amazing. Uh, so we're, we're pretty much out of time here. There's a couple of quick things I want to mention. Uh, Firefall is finally getting an official release date. I, I hey. called it. I want to say I called it. You guys told you me we would never have a release date. July 29th. Longest early access ever. Was July it 29th? Uh, I don't think it's been. Yes, July 29th. They're, so I don't think it's dropping right years. alongside Last of Us. I think uh, it's been. I think it's been four, uh, four years. Um, I'm gonna look up when it officially went into. I I want to say we saw it four years ago. I say we saw it at 2010 at PAX. Prime. No, it's already been updated. The, ba- the with the yeah, July 29th, 2014 is the official thing. Officially announced September 8th, 2010. Sorry, four fucking years. nailed it. Fuck, Pax Prime 2010. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Um, also, uh, I guess Cat Lateral Damage finally finished their Kickstarter. They got <laughs> yeah. sixty thousand uh, dollars. They had a forty thousand dollar goal. Uh, I played a little bit of the demo earlier today just to refresh myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's actually I captured myself playing it. We have a, uh, a Lindsay versus Gavin versus actually the whole in this game. Point of the game is just to knock stuff off of shelves, mm-hmm. which Lin- is Lindsay's gonna destroy him. No, uh, Lindsay got destroyed by Gavin. Are Lindsay you challenged Gavin to this game and got annihilated. That's unbelievable. Apparently, uh, Gavin is just a terror on a shelf as a cat. Okay. Well, so if he ever comes back as a cat, we're in trouble. Potato salad's up to fifty thousand dollars on Kickstarter. Potato by salad is up to fifty thousand six hundred thirty. I beat FTL. I'll suck. Let's talk about that when the lights go off. Oh, damn it. All right. All right I also want to say before we end, uh, stuff we played this week. Actually, the thing I played this week was a movie. I watched. You played a movie? I watched Free to Play on Steam. Uh, Free to Play is a documentary about the international, the big Dota tournament, which was $1.6 million. And if you're not into esports or you have never understood like MOBAs, like Dota, League of Legends, things like that. You should absolutely check out the movie. It's it's fantastic. And I highly recommend it's it. It's free to watch? Uh, I had it. I don't know how I had it. Maybe I, I had a code at one point, but I, I just was able to play it. I'm pretty it. sure it's on, I'm pretty sure they put it on YouTube also. Yeah, so it, it's nothing it but an advertisement for how awesome Dota yeah. is. Now right. I want to play Dota every day. Well, thanks for watching, everyone. We'll see you all Monday for RT Podcast and Wednesday for The Patch. Bye, everybody. So you... Bye.